0: You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for yet another month that is not good horror movie month because we're running into some scheduling issues. So, horror. 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 <laughs> so we're flying by the seat of our pants and bring you something completely different. And we're not just saying that because John Cleese happens to appear in one of these movies. We are bringing something completely different for the first time ever. But
1: you're not wearing wearing pants.
0: I I am wearing shorts. Let's just (laughs) clarify. Although I am sure there have been multiple episodes in the past where either Ben or I have not been wearing pants. Uh, I can't confirm or deny because the cameras don't go that low when we're on Zoom. But (laughs) I'm wearing at least shorts right now because our window's open. Back to what I was saying... For the first time ever, we're bringing you two movies at one time, uh, as we get to talk about a movie from 1951, which will officially make this the oldest movie we've ever covered on the Oz Network, 1951's The Day the Earth Stood Still, and we are also, in conjunction, at the same time, simultaneously, or simultaneously, or simultaneously, uh, why am I not able to pronounce that word properly right now, simultaneously bringing you 2008's remake, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Appropriately titled the same thing. They are not the same movie, though. Have very guys, different.
1: Have you guys never covered like even Wizard of Oz? Like nothing? No. Like
0: that? Well, okay. Here, here's a mistake. We we talked about. And what year was that one? Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that was like 1939. Oh, okay, yeah, but, that
1: would have been older.
0: Right, but we we mistakenly said when we were doing the, the monsterverse month, Ben was like, "Is King Kong versus Godzilla the original going to be the oldest movie we've ever covered on here?" And I'm like, "Is it? It might be." And we both completely forgot we had covered White Christmas, but e- this movie even older than White Christmas. So oh, wow. let's let's get this started. We're we're going to bring you two movies at one time and kind of debating the differences between them. And we're going to continue this for the next couple of weeks, so it'll be exciting. My name is Colin Barada Nikto.
1: My name is Jamie. Cla- <laughs> I was going to say something really dirty. <laughs> okay, please don't. <laughs> Uh, clitoris vagina necktie okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> breathe <laughs> breathe <sighs> um, so let's just say for the second month in a row this is not good horror movie sequel month that Rossi and I were supposed to be doing um, it's also not anniversary month that I whatever the, I think Ben and I were planning on doing but, Jamie, this is your baby. This is your suggestion.
1: I have too many kids already. I don't want any more kids.
0: <laughs> but you had a title for this because interesting story, background. It said we don't really have backgrounds to tell in these movies. But the other night, um, this was probably, what, 48, n- not even 72 hours ago.
1: We, we just randomly started watching that movie well, with, with, without any type of plan for a review.
0: You had said, I want to watch something spooky. And you even said it like that. You're like, I want to watch something spooky. And I'm like, "Okay."
1: I was I was just in the mind for just something that kind of just makes you think and you're a little bit on edge, you know?
0: Yeah, and I was flipping through movies and you're like, "Oh, what's that?" And I'm like, "That's The Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves." You're like, "Is it spooky?" And I'm like, "Not really. I mean, it's it's a little bit eerie, I guess. There's some it's it's not a great movie, but you're like, "But it's got Keanu Reeves in it." I'm like, exactly. "Yes." Exactly.
1: It didn't matter. It it could have been like Keanu Reeves like just a video of him standing in the forest like taking a crap on a log and I probably <laughs> want to watch it. Y-
0: yet you still haven't seen the new Spongebob movie. So. <laughs> and then
1: I was just helping my son with his bedtime routine upstairs and he's just sitting on the toilet and he didn't even go poop but he randomly is like da 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 poop is brown. <laughs> 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 little kids are the best.
0: Yes, oh. little kids in canneries I guess. But anyways, so we're watching The Day the Earth stood Still and... I'm telling you, yeah, this is a remake of a movie from the 50s that's considered one of the greatest science fiction movies ever made. And
1: Which is funny because I love old movies, but I actually had never heard of it. Well, it's... But, it's, but it, I, I don't, you know, I love old movies, but when it comes to watching those classic movies, that's one genre that I really haven't explored a whole lot, like any type of science fiction stuff, other than anything you've exposed me to, like talking about, like, uh, what is that one with the swamp? Creature,
0: A creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, like I mean, that's amazing. But I had, and I love classic movies. But I never saw anything like that till well, you showed me.
0: And what I was explaining to you as we were watching the the remake, the Keanu Reeves one, because we did this backwards, was that science fiction was always B movies. You yeah. Know, y- y- you had a couple of like silent films, like Metropolis and uh, 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 Things to Come, that were considered like high quality, intelligent films. But those that was during the silent era, but. Sound era, there had never really been anything that wasn't just a B-movie. Like, oh, aliens from outer space taking over the planet. Or, you know, giant monsters. Godzilla would be a perfect example, right? In fact, the original Godzilla movie might have been considered pretty high-class, <laughs> uh, intelligent science fiction for 1951. Uh, same year this came out. Funny. But uh, this movie kind of changed everything. It was like the first really smart science fiction movie that was respectable, it was classy, it had a great production values, and people were like, that is a fantastic movie, not just a fantastic sci-fi movie. It's the equivalent of, with, you take horror films, right? Mm-hmm. And then something like The Silence of the Lambs comes along, and people are like, wow. Oh,
1: that was a masterpiece.
0: But prior to that, I mean, a quality... Horror film would have been something like Halloween, you know. Yeah, but even you... Psycho was a bit of a B movie. It was intentionally a B movie, but Silence and Lambs comes along and completely changes everything. Where people are like you can make an Oscar worthy uh, film out of horror. Th- that's what The Day the Earth is Still was. You wake up the next morning after me talking about you know the original movie and mm-hmm. y- y- tell me what your pitch was for a podcast.
1: Well, I, I had. I was I was gonna and I'll say that in just a second, but I was gonna say you know it's it's kind of I know I I wanted to finish what your thought on what you were saying there. Is it's, it about
0: what color P is?
1: No, it, you know it's kind of interesting when you actually look at different decades and and time periods and all that and you were just saying you know if you if you went back to this time period that really was something that was just automatically kind of like a b movie it wasn't usually like respectable it mm-hmm. wasn't something that was out in the norm and you fast forward you know like 50 to 75 years ahead like you know let's say 20 years ago to now type of thing and th- that's kind of more so the nerd the norm like yeah the, the world is kind of nerds now Yeah,
0: well, and and smart, though, because you have things like Inception, you know? Um, Like
1: even comic book movies. I I remember you telling me that this isn't comic book, obviously, but, you know, you look at something like the first Batman movies or something and Mm -hmm. Superman movies, and there was nothing like that really before. And then it it, it just kind of blew everything up. And now that's, like, huge. Comic book movies are still huge.
0: Yeah, when, when Superman the movie is made in 1978, they didn't think that anybody would actually go see a movie. Why are we wasting the the largest budget in history on a superhero movie? This is just kids entertainment, but they are still really changed things. So we watched this backwards though. Now get to what your pitch yeah, was so, after you saw the Keanu so, version. So
1: I watched the new movie first, and then I watched the classic movie after that. And I had never heard anything about the story. I knew nothing about it at all. So it was all kind of surprised. Didn't know what to expect. And after we watched the movie and we talked a little bit, I kind of thought about an idea for a podcast, uh, calling it something like then and now. And you take two movies, um, that is basically, you know, remakes, uh, so like this again, one from, you know, the fifties and then one that's kind of modern day and you can just kind of talk about them and just see like, you know, where they might've went wrong or, improvements that they made that were actually great and mm-hmm. all, all these different things because it is kind of interesting to to pick it apart but i didn't want to talk to you about it that night because i knew you wouldn't sleep so yeah, I brought, because so
0: you I, put an idea in my head right
1: so i, I just brought it up in the morning so
0: co- coincidentally rossi also at the last minute says hey sorry i can't record 10 cloverfield lane um i don't think i'll have time you know uh for a couple days or whatever and i'm like great jamie you're in. <laughs> You're up. <laughs> uh, pinch hitter Jamie here for this week for then and now. But it's it's an interesting idea because we've done originals and remakes before. You know, often it's separated by a little while or we might do them back to back. But to do it on a single podcast, this is going to be different because we're not going to be recapping scene by scene. Nor do I think either of these movies really are going to get that deep into it scene by scene. Because it's kind of very simple, three acts but uh, before we even get into them, my, my history with these movies is that I saw The Day the Earth Stood Still. I might have been a teenager at the time, uh, and how, how
1: a, did how did you even see it? Because it was an old movie.
0: A lot of my exposure to. Classic science fiction uh, comes from... There was an A&E documentary called... um, What was it called? To the Galaxy and Beyond, I think. Okay. It it came out in, like, the late 90s. It was hosted by Mark Hamill, which is why I watched it. It was on TV one night. Yeah, on A&E or something. And it was a two-hour-long documentary on the history of science fiction, starting from the silent film era with, like, the original science fiction film, uh, Trip to the Moon, all the way up until... At the point this came out, I think they were talking about Men in Black or Independence Day, right? So, late 90s. Uh, and they, they would go through, okay, and then the, this decade, this is what was different in the movies. The 60s comes, and, you know, science fiction movies get respectable again because you have 2001 and Planet of the Apes. And they go through the 70s. Everything's bleak. Everything is, you know, depressing, like Logan's Run and Stepford Wives and all that. And then they're like, oh, and then Star Wars changes everything. So... I heard about all these movies that I had never heard about before, and I was a science fiction fan, but of stuff that I grew up with. So I kind of just went out of my way. If, if it was on TV one night, I would watch it, and this was around the time that the the Canadian sci-fi channel had launched called Space.
1: Oh, right, I remember that, yeah. Yeah,
0: and they used to air on weekends. Their weekend movies would be classic science fiction movies, like classic would sometimes be a movie from the 80s, you know?
1: Didn't you say that you would actually even... Uh well rent is the wrong word but check out uh movies from the library that were classic movies
0: yeah we used to do that too if we couldn't find uh, a classic movie like when growing up we're just sort of into that who
1: who would even think that you could check something out from a library like that i didn't
0: know (laughs) you'd have to actually go into a library to know (laughs) it. you didn't seem like library. hey i
1: have a library card okay (laughs) No, it's it's actually it's actually kind of funny. Okay, so funny. I love that.
0: I'm joking saying you've you don't would go into a library you're like, "Hey, I have a library card."
1: No, actually, I really do love to read, but I don't usually find time because I am very particular. Like I'm kind of a reading snob where I have to have silence and the right amount of light and just with children they screw all that up. But anyways, you know what's funny funny side story is I didn't have funny a story, Jamie. I didn't have a library card for years actually because th- there was like a couple hundred dollars in, in debt or something that I owed the library. Mm-hmm. They, they said that I took out this book that I know my mom returned because my mom had said that she did. I, like, I confirmed it with her that she did.
0: <laughs> I know that she returned it because she said so. <laughs> she, no, she did.
1: And anyway, so th- they said it wasn't returned. And it, so it just kind of sat there forever. And then... I I guess that they only let the debt sit for a certain amount of time because after we got married, I registered for a new library card with my married name and it was all clear there wasn't (laughs) anything there.
0: You you just love scamming.
1: So so that's the trick. You just wait long enough, get married, and then (laughs) apply for a new one. Well, can't wait till I can get
0: married, change my name, and get a new library card.
1: Yeah. You know, I look forward to actually changing my name when I got married because my old name, it was Maria. And everybody screwed that up and always called me Maria like it was my first name. It was yeah. annoying.
0: Great story. Uh, so <laughs> Poop is brown. Poop is brown, yes. <laughs> um, but Anyway, so I've got more interesting history with this movie. So I saw it as a teenager, right? Um, I d- didn't remember too much about it. Uh, I think probably a couple of years before the Canaries version came out, I got the DVD. This is, like, you know, the one that we watch, which you can tell is a very old DVD, probably from the early to mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have to flip the disc over for the special features.
1: Yep, I and, remember
0: that. Uh, you know, I-, I saw it, and I'm like, wow, this movie was way better than I remembered it to be. Then the Keanu Reeves one comes out, which my history with that movie <clears throat> is that I got very excited because I was a huge Keanu Reeves fan, obviously. Uh, I-, I loved The Day the Earth Stood Still. It looked cool. And then I saw the movie, and I was just like, eh... What went wrong there? And I could never quite put my finger on it. And when we were watching it, we, we watched it in shifts. We watched the first, I'd say, hour one night. Yeah. And then the next night, we finished, like, the last 40 minutes. Now, an hour into it, you were like, I don't get it. Why are you saying this is a bad movie? And I'm like, it all falls apart in the last act, which we're going to talk about here, what goes wrong. That's kind of the point is what goes wrong, what do they do right for an hour in that can reuse version, and then get all wrong in the and, final. You know,
1: act. it's kind of funny because I won't reveal anything now, but I really didn't understand what your problem was with it uh, after we watched it. But after seeing the old one now, mm-hmm. um, I I can kind of see what you were talking about. But you know, one thing, sorry, it's just a little bit of a sidestep. You're going to say
0: that Michael Rennie is not as hot as Keanu Reeves. No,
1: but I mean, that's <laughs> obvious. That's not what I was going to say, though. You know, you know, uh, not the Keanu Reeves one, but I don't know if it's just with it being kind of spooky and also like <laughs> spooky. black and white. But uh, you know what that classic movie actually gives me the vibes of totally is if it was a story of... The Twilight Zone adapted you know,
0: into a movie. Th- that's funny because if we go into now a little bit of the history of how the day the Earth still got made, and, the and producer. What, what
1: year did they make the Twilight Zone show?
0: The Twilight Zone debuted in 59. Oh, okay. So it's so like a couple same years time later. Okay. But you got to think television was not like that was the, the show that changed television, not just for science fiction, but all television at that time was cheap and low budget and let's just get stuff out there because. Who knows, you know, uh, how much money you can even make a television. I mean, it was the dawn of television. Twilight Zone was the first television period that came out where people were like, wow, this is cinematic. Like, you make every episode look like it's a movie. Isn't but, it weird
1: to think about the fact that if you missed a TV series or a
0: movie that that was just it? Yeah, you'd never you see it again. It? I mean, reruns didn't exist. Yeah,
1: you just missed That's it. That's
0: why there's shows like Doctor Who where still to this day there are stories and multiple episodes per season that are lost and and nobody has ever seen them since they originally aired because they didn't even think reruns would ever be a thing
1: nowadays everything's at your fingertips it's so different
0: but um mentioning the twilight zone there so the producer of the original day the earth stood still and i was watching this on side b of my old dvd the other night uh he just had wanted to make an intelligent science fiction movie And he just started combing through whatever short story he could find, whatever novel he could find, any science fiction literature that was out there. And he went through, like, dozens and dozens of stories. And at one point, somebody who worked for him gave him this short story that was maybe 40 pages long. And um, uh, what's it called? Farewell to the Master or something like that. And said, hey, I think this might be what you're looking for. So he reads it. He's like... I didn't like 90% of what was in that story, but there was one or two seeds that that planted where I'm like, we can work with this, rework it, and make a movie out of it. Uh, the way that he described, if you were to have adapted the original short story, was it would be a Twilight Zone episode. Hmm. So it's funny that that's sort of in there, but they said, we, we need to expand it. We need to make it bigger.
1: It kind of it kind of feels like that, though, don't you mm-hmm.
0: think? Yeah, well, that's quality you know, science fiction entertainment. Again, a lot of science fiction writing at the time. The Twilight Zone TV series... You know, Rod Serling, who created it, wrote more than half the episodes. That's
1: the guy who does the voice, right? Yeah,
0: he's yeah. the host of the show, too. Yeah. But a large chunk of the episodes uh, on that uh, TV series were adapted from short stories. Richard Matheson, who's the guy who's probably most well-known for um, writing the I Am Legend, like the original book and all the old... Oh, that,
1: that new movie I did not like, though.
0: Yeah, but that movie had been adapted four times as well. I mean, that's something that we could do, we could do two, two weeks just covering that, just from four <laughs> adaptations. But... um You know, Richard Matheson was one of the writers on the Twilight Zone and he would often be brought in because Rod Sterling's like, I like this short story you wrote. Can you write a Twilight Zone episode around your own short story? But let me go back to a bit more of my history with this movie. So I'm like, let's say six years old, okay? And I remember it was on a night Unsolved Mysteries was on TV because for years I thought that this was Unsolved Mysteries I was watching and then it just sort of dawned on me one day. I'm like, no, I remember that night. There was Unsolved Mysteries and then there was some other, like the network was planning some big, you know, not crossover. Mar- marathon. Well, but Unsolved Mysteries is over. Now we're going to bring you an hour long special on UFOs, oh, which okay. was not Unsolved Mysteries, but like, hey, it's a good companion piece, you know, back to back shows. Uh, so we were going to pick our mom up. Uh, we were staying up late because our mom was working and uh, our dad has to take us to pick our mom up from work still. So he's like, let's put it on Unsolved Mysteries. What else can you do to keep children awake (laughs) than to make them watch Unsolved Mysteries and then a special on UFOs? I didn't even know what a UFO was at this point. I might have seen one story on Unsolved Mysteries, you know, aliens or whatever. The special on UFOs, me not knowing much about aliens or whatever, it was presenting stories of, oh, this person said they were abducted. You know, this person saw a sighting. And there was a clip, the, the clip in this movie of when Klaatu comes out, He's in the middle of Washington, D.C. or whatever, right? He comes out of the ship. Gort is there behind him. And all these people are surrounding him. And he's basically like giving out his hand like we come in peace. That was included in that special. Obviously, just talking about, oh, this is the way aliens have been presented. But me as a six-year-old kid, I thought that was footage of somebody actually got a camera and saw an alien landed on Earth. This was a real (laughs) thing. Because you got to think, at the same time as a six-year-old kid, you're watching real stories of people saying, oh, I was abducted by an alien. So I assume this clip they showed was a real person. And I'm telling you for years afterwards, like I was probably 10, maybe even 11 years old and still thinking, you know what, everybody, why are people saying that aliens are still like speculating? Because there was that TV special that showed the alien coming out of the ship and he looked almost human. (laughs) You know, So I still thought this was real. I saw the opening of this movie as a child and thought it was real for years afterwards.
1: You know kids are kind of funny i was some of
0: them just look at their poo and say poo is brown
1: yeah i i was scared for years though of uh of dolls because of chucky i have i have six older brothers and they would watch scary stuff all the time and spooky spooky, yeah and the brother that's next oldest to me he's 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 sorry (laughs) lost my train of thought you
0: can't count one two
1: three he's he's four years older than me so i i mean like again if if he was like oh my gosh i lost my math again if if he was like 12 i mean i would have been eight which you know it could be a big difference when you're watching a horror movie for uh, an eight-year-old to not be scared i was definitely scared of dolls though um (laughs)
0: <laughs> Great story. You Who know, um, is brown?
1: But but I said, you know, sometimes kids are dumb and they just believe in anything I'm talking about myself been, too. Yeah,
0: but I think the big difference is you saw a movie, knew it was a movie, and it just scared you of dolls. I saw a clip of the Day the Earth Stood Still on a documentary about UFOs just because they fit it in there, and I thought that was some real footage. Yeah, but And for years. So when I saw The Day the Earth Stood Still I'm like, wait a second, that was it?
1: But you're also kind of more gullible than me, though. You're just too nice and gullible.
0: Okay. Um, But this movie, now we've gotten to it. Let's talk about both. Okay. Now, you've seen them in backwards order. Forget about what your first impression was. Give us your first impression, actually. Give us what your first impression was of the Keanu Reeves one, because you watched that first. And then give us your impression of the 1951 version and then how that changed your opinion of the 2008 version?
1: Well, you know, I I thought that the new version that it was entertaining, and I felt like, you know, they they did a good job with putting little nuggets in there of different things that that were nuggets are proud <laughs> <laughs> that were that were cool to watch, like when you're talking about. Um, you know, the, the powers that, and things that he could do, how they said, like, you know, he has a human body, but his, his brain isn't human and he had all these powers and all the stuff that he could do. That was something that was really cool that I noticed and that kind of captured me and, and made me more interested in the character. Um, just watching it, um, you know, I, I probably would have rated that movie maybe as like a, a six and a half or a seven out of 10, but I mean... The majority of that mark would probably be <laughs> because of Keanu. Okay. But let's just see. So then, real.
0: 1951 version. You watched it. What's your opinion of it?
1: So, I mean, it's going to be hard to not compare it because that's the second one I watched. And so, obviously, then I the have... The whole
0: point of this is to compare. No,
1: no, no. I know. But I'm saying I, I can't tell you just that movie alone because I didn't watch that one first. But it w- it was very interesting um, the way that they did some things different. Uh, how uh, the character uh, Klaatu was, he was so much nicer in the old one. And he he seemed like he was less robotic and he was more engaging. And so I kind of wanted to see how they would play out the entire movie, even just with his character, because it was played so different from the Keanu
0: one. Mm -hmm. Now, the movie as a whole, though, what did you think about it?
1: You know, I, I probably would give it around the same rating. It might be even slightly higher than than the old one, uh, or than the new the new one. To be honest, like I did. Six- you said
0: that like it should be a surprise that the original day the Earth stood still is slightly better than yeah, the Keanu Reeves no, version. No, no,
1: no. But listen, you know, so the the modern version, like I said, I probably do maybe like a you know a six and a half or a seven. I said for for the old version of the day the Earth stood still, I probably would do a seven and a half to an eight.
0: Okay, but did your opinion change on the Keanu's version after you saw the original?
1: Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I don't think that it really like changed. I think that they just kind of had a different, a different take on things. Okay. But there, there was some things that they definitely improved on, and other things that I felt like, oh, you know, this could have actually been better if they did so this. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna
0: almost accept this as a challenge. To bring your rating of the Keanu Reeves version down, because I'm going to poke so many holes in that (laughs) remake version, while also applauding some of the changes they did make. Um, (laughs) Why are we laughing? Did you just realize what the color of snot was?
1: No, you said poke holes, and I was thinking of things that Keanu.
0: Okay, (laughs) all right. where would you rate Michael Rennie, the original Klaatu Handsome guy, right? He
1: was just okay.
0: He was just okay. Uh, the only other thing I ever saw Michael Rennie in was uh, an episode of Lost in Space. Um, so I don't even know. Well, maybe we'll kind of look. He's, his he, he's here. got
1: kind of a little bit of like a smarmy look on his face. Okay. <laughs> like, hey, I'm handsome and I'm cool. Well, he but is I, handsome and but, cool, but
0: I'm not a douchebag. Um, he played the Apostle Peter in the robe. He also played the Apostle Peter in the sequel, Demetrius and the Gladiators. Uh, he was in. The Lost World, the 1960 Lost World movie. So he kind of made a career out of some science fiction in there. Uh, did some TV stuff as well. He played the Sandman on Batman, the original TV series. Played the Keeper in Lost in Space. And the, man, a the Man
1: from U.N.C.L.E. was down there too.
0: Man from U.N.C.L.E., Time Tunnel. Yeah, So not like a huge career. But I mean, this is easily the thing he's most remembered for. Uh, I'm going to do this a little bit different where I'm going to kind of run through. Instead of let's cover the section of the movie, talk about all the individual scenes... We're going to do more of a comparison, but I'm going to run through the plots and then we'll kind of discuss the differences in the second one. So first movie starts out with news footage of a flying saucer coming down to earth. Yeah. Uh, This is going to be the same in both versions. Uh, A lot of complaints that Ben and I especially have had over so many movies uh, of like these disasters and stuff like that is we don't get to see how the world responds. I think it's so important in movies like this that you see this movie proves you don't need to have a big budget a lot of effects, you know, even be even close to a modern film to understand that you need to see even just a montage of people looking up at the sky, a couple people screaming and running, and then you cut to another one, and you got newscaster. This just in, you know, it, it feels Which, a little bit corny now, but
1: they, they kind of they had that in the old one.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what, even a movie in 1951 realized you need to have that. So that's how this movie starts. Uh, the whole ship gets surrounded and everything. Clatu comes out. Gort, the, in this version, eight foot tall robot, comes out with him. Uh, and Klaatu extends his hand. He's got what looks like a weapon. Now, this definitely plays very differently when we see, like, police shootings now, right? Uh, it's like, oh, it was just a toy gun or whatever. Uh, that's basically what happens to Klaatu here. Uh, but it's such an important scene because the way this is going to be played differently in the new version, I feel like they totally miss the point. Klaatu gets shot in the hand because somebody thinks he w- he had a gun. And he's basically, he's still alive. He's just like, he's holding his hand. It's bleeding now. Yeah, he's, and he's, he's like, kinda... it was a gift from your president. It contained knowledge on all of our explorations across your galaxy. So you really have this, humans are starting off on the wrong foot here. <laughs> you know, he comes in peace, but you perceive this as a threat, so you shoot him, which is so important in this movie. Uh, he recovers a little bit in the hospital. He gives his... Mission. I'm here to talk to your world leaders or whatever. And they basically say, you know what? It's not possible. I mean, we're not on good terms with all of the world leaders. Uh, And this is going to be similar in the other movie too. So he just decides he wants to escape from the hospital. He goes undercover as Mr. Carpenter. uh, (laughs) hauls up in a boarding house run by a widow. um, What's her name? Helen. And her little boy, let's just call him obnoxious because this kid is the worst... Tell me I'm wrong. That this, this,
1: golly gee, gee, Willikers, Mr. I think his oh. name is Billy, which couldn't be Let's any more. Let's just call any, him Billy. Which couldn't be any more, uh, what's the word <laughs> I'm looking for? Appropriate? Uh, uh, no, which couldn't be any more predictable.
0: Predictable? Okay. Um, uh, Billy. I'm trying to, his name's Bobby. Oh, oh, Bobby. Little Bobby. Benson, golly gee, Mr. Lee, oh. Kids in movies already are annoying, okay? You can't find many modern movies. The Jurassic Park, the first Jurassic Park movie, good example, kids decent. Third Jurassic Park movie, good example. Kids decent. Jurassic World kid is terrible. Like both kids terrible. Doesn't matter what it is. Even modern movies, kids are awful in movies. You go back to these old school movies where it is just, oh golly gee, <laughs> G Willikers. Oh, I just I wanted to spit in this kid's face the whole movie.
1: You know what? It's funny that you say that because I actually felt the opposite. You like this
0: golly gee kid?
1: I, I liked him more than the one in the modern one. Man, was he ever annoying! Oh. They, they
0: both suck, but I'm gonna disagree. Little Bobby Benson here, like what a dick nose! But,
1: but you know what I? <laughs> but you know what I was thinking would be really funny is if they ever had a a, a um parody uh, movie made like this, like you know how they did with the scream movies. They had the scary movie. Yeah. If they you know had somebody just walk out of the ship and he was just be like, hide your kids, hide your wife.
0: <laughs> Why? Why are you hiding the kids from What <laughs> What's you he gonna, gonna
1: do? You've never seen that meme online.
0: No, it, I love every time you mention you've never seen this thing online. It's like no, it's, it's a huge thing. It's okay.
1: It's it's this. It's big, a huge thing. No, everybody listening to this has probably seen this. It's, I
0: guarantee nobody it's, has. It's, but go
1: it's for a it. It. it's a uh, a meme that came from a, a person in um uh, a news story, and there was a something that had happened i don't know somebody got raped or attacked or something like that we're going down a
0: dark path very quickly here
1: somebody came came into somebody's window and then it was like i think a family member of that person who who was uh looking into the tv camera and he was just saying like you know we're gonna find you type of things like hide your kids hide your wife wow (laughs) it's great it's such a great thing it is
0: uh, I want to see Clatu come out and say and hi it, to your kids. And there's
1: there's another uh meme too from a, a new story with a lady who is like, ain't nobody got time for that. Everybody knows those. You don't everybody
0: know those. knows it. They're the best. Literally everybody. Uh anyways, so little Bobby here is a real dicknose. Uh his mom is
1: Bobby Dicknose.
0: Bobby Dicknose here. The mom, Helen, uh, has got a boyfriend, a fiance, or whatever. Uh they just let some strange man take this kid over. You mind if I hang out with your son for the day? Sure. Times have changed, haven't they? Oh, yeah. Uh, but...
1: I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I try hard to not to be helicopter mom, but I was like,
0: uh... Yeah, a strange man says, hey, well, can I hang out with Casper for the day? I mean, he's, he's uh, out of here very quickly. But uh, throughout this day of hanging out with little Bobby, they go to the Lincoln Memorial really I think this is the worst part of the movie because Bobby's in it Uh, but the purpose of it is to see that Klaatu is seeing hey some of the people on Earth or some of the things about Earth are worth saving because the whole premise he has is that he's here to I'm not going to say threaten the human race but um, he really is threatening the human race it's a little bit different than the original but the idea is that Atomic Energy, which has been introduced... This movie comes out in 1951. The atomic bomb was, what, six years prior to this. Think about it. This movie was made only six years after the first atomic bomb was detonated. Now, what was six years ago from today, 2015? I mean, we were getting ready to watch The Force Awakens. That's how long... Imagine if when we were going getting ready to watch The Force Awakens, and when we were going to see Spectre, okay? The last James Bond movie was six years ago imagine if an atomic bomb was detonated six years ago that's how recent it is that's crazy alone to think because that's sort of the genesis of where this movie came from was you know we want to make a movie about the atomic bomb and stuff so because of the atomic bomb Klaatu says you know what do whatever you want on earth but if you take this type of energy into space you're going to screw some things up you don't understand and we can't let that happen so this is an ultimatum right yeah Uh, he can't speak to the world leaders so he decides to speak to Bobby Benson instead uh and Bobby, he's ta- talking to Bobby about, okay, who's the, who should I be talking to if I want to? He's not even telling Bobby he's an alien. But who should I be talking to? Oh, you should be talking to uh, the, the smartest man, this Dr. Barnhard. You know, I'll take it to him right now. Extra, extra. Read, a, read it all about it. <laughs> stupid kid. Oh, just somebody kick him for me or just let me kick him. I don't even care. Send me to jail. I will kick this kid in the face. I will kick this kid in the balls so he never procreates another child like him.
1: Wow, that's, yeah.
0: <laughs> this kid is awful.
1: And just for anybody that's out there listening, we treat our children very well. Just yes. so you know. <laughs> I'm just saying that. We treat our very, children very well, and we don't kick them in the balls.
0: <laughs> well, because we want them, because we're good parents. We're not like Mrs. Helen here, who brings up such a terrible child. He is an orphan, by the way, so let's give him you know, a little bit of slack. Golly gee, but, mister. But... Um, <laughs> Klaatu goes to this doctor, he, you know, basically explains his story to him, and the doctor says, hey, this is what I'll do, I will get all the, you can't talk to world leaders, world leaders don't know anything, they all fight, you know, get all the scientists together, I'll get all the scientists I can think of, we will have a gathering, you will make your pitch, and we will figure this out. So Klaatu says, fine, that's a great idea. While this is happening, Helen and her fiancé are getting suspicious about (laughs) the time that Klaatu is spending with uh, their child little Bobby Nutsack Uh, so
1: stop
0: (laughs) but uh, they discover he's got these weird diamonds so the fiance goes off to get these diamonds investigated Uh, Helen actually talks to Klaatu and Klaatu stops the world now you were asking through this movie why do they call this the day the earth is still doesn't stand still and I was sort of saying to you it's two meanings you're going to see one coming up later but the main meaning obviously being an alien comes to earth Everybody is stopping. They're like, what is going on? I need to see this. The second part is he stops the world. He shuts all the power off to everything just because he has that power. So they're trapped in an elevator, which is all his plan. They have a montage showing all these different places around the world where the power's out. I love how it is daytime everywhere in the world. It is daytime in Washington, D.C., while it's daytime in London, England, while it's daytime in France, while it's daytime in Australia, india wherever they go right
1: somebody didn't think that one through
0: well did they not think it through or did audiences in 1951 just not care or would never notice you know uh but he tells her listen i am an alien you know i'm i'm the one who escaped i'm the one who landed here uh we need to do something i need you to help me and then the final act of this movie basically becomes i'm gonna get you to this meeting of all the scientists that the dr barnhart or whatever is doing Um, In the process of going there...
1: Is he hard as a barn?
0: (laughs) And you say that me kicking a kid in the balls is bad. (laughs) Um, Well, I guess it is. (laughs) Let's be honest. You're just being nasty. I'm being mean and violent um, towards children. Uh, (laughs) This is what happens when Ben's not on here. I say all the wrong things. we
1: treat our children very well. Very
0: well, yes. Uh, So the most famous part of this movie uh, is sort of a two-part scene when they're on the way to this meeting at, at, where his spaceship is. Now, Gort, the robot, is guarding. And Gort is the most dangerous robot in the history of film. I mean, he can basically destroy the planet with the blink of an eye. That's what Gort is there for. He tells her, uh, you know, if Clatu tells her, if something goes wrong, you have to say the word, these words to him, Klaatu, Barada Nikto. Now, <laughs> when we were watching... Movie. That that line is briefly mentioned in the Keanu Reeves version, so you hadn't seen it. So when we started watching the original version, I just said to you, I'm like, Jamie, do the words Klaatu Barada nicto' mean anything to you? Thinking, does she remember this from the first movie? Now, I had just read that this was a lot, used in another movie. You said what?
1: I said, yeah, they used it in the Evil, <laughs> evil Dead movies, Army of Darkness. Yeah. yeah,
0: which, again, this line, I said, this was like the Luke, I am your father of this era. Like, the line... Klaatu, Barada, Nikto, everybody knows from The Day the Earth is Still because this is what you say to stop the robot from destroying the Earth, <laughs> you know?
1: Which, you know, it's kind of funny just touching on that really quickly, just comparing the old and the new movie. You know, it's, it's funny, but you mentioned when we were watching the new one, you're like, oh, I just really didn't like what they were doing. With Gort, because he was one of the biggest and best parts of the old movie. We'll get there. No, but hold on a second. But, you know, it's it's kind of funny, though. I was going to say, I I didn't think that you were really right. Because in the new movie, he's really powerful. And they they incorporate all these different things that he could do. Like the little, you know, bug insects to devour everything and all this other stuff. And it's really scary. But, you know, it, in classic movie-like fashion... They don't really tell you all of what he can do, and that's somehow more terrifying that you don't know.
0: In the original? Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, Gort's presence—we'll dis- get to the original one, but Gort's presence disappears right when he's getting interesting in the new version. This original version, they build to him. You only see him brief glimpses. Uh, but on the way there, the police are sort of on to them. Klaatu gets shot, and he dies. Now, I think this is one of the great twists— not the type of twist you would think, like you know, the end of seven. What's in the box? What's in the box? Right. Uh, this is more. Hey, I didn't see that coming. And how are they going to recover from this? Clatu, the main character, is dead. They're still trying to go to this spaceship because hey, we have to find a way to stop Gort. As Gort is that that there's that other famous scene where Gort is stalking Helen right outside the spaceship. She's like backing up, and it, it's it's like all done in shadows and all that. As Gort's about to blast her and the world to pieces. And she says the line, "Clatu brought a Nikto as she's trying to remember it. Very effective scene, very suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that point on, they take Clatu's body back in the ship. And then we get another twist. They revive Klaatu, uh, which they explain is only a brief revival that you know you can bring somebody back to life for a short period of time. Uh, we have all the armies assembling outside the ship here. And again, you talked about how what Gort can't do. This is just sort of movies of the time. We're limited well, what we can do. Uh, let's actually show uh, these armies are about to do, but not show the armies attacking the ship. There's a police force or a force out there that governs multiple worlds, and they're all very concerned with what we're going to do. We're going to leave this in your hands, but just know if you don't get yourselves under control, somebody out there is going to stop you. And it sort of is left at that, which I think is such a great ending. Now, without even talking about the changes they make in the new one, The way this movie just sort of intelligently, the original, the 51 version, intelligently lays out the dangers of atomic energy. They don't even make it preachy where it's, you know what, you shouldn't be messing with it. They simply say, you know what, messing with it on your own turf is fine, but you bring this somewhere else. I mean, you're going to expect somebody to hold you accountable, which is sort of along the lines of, hey, you detonate a nuclear bomb into another country, you know don't be surprised if they come back at you with something else right like what where is it going to end and then also just the concept of atomic energy this is 6 years old at this point they don't know it's a lot of paranoia right now oh what what will the vaccine do to you 10 years from now you know uh what will atomic energy do 10 years from now that's sort of what this movie's about and the fact that they just leave it unsaid we're going to end the movie the balls in your court i just think it's such a great ending so just Basic thoughts on some of the stuff in the nineteen fifty one version, and then we'll get into the two thousand eight and compare.
1: On on the ending,
0: and any of it. If you want, just talk about the ending, fine. But any of it.
1: Well, yeah, I'll just touch on that a little bit because you're just talking about it, and you know, it's it's kind of funny because the movie obviously is uh, a remake, like a new adaptation, and that end part of the movie is so different. We're not.
0: Um, we'll talk about the comparisons later. So just oh, your opinions on the original, how the original. Oh, on the original, everything. yeah.
1: Um, you know, I, I thought that it was really good, actually, and, um, I liked it, um, the way that you did. I, I found that, you know, it, it made more sense, I thought, than, than the new one. Yeah, a lot Um, more
0: sense, because I'm going to poke holes in that you probably haven't thought about, but...
1: Well, I've, I've thought about it. Um...
0: (laughs) You've thought about something, anyways.
1: Uh, no, but, you know, I, I thought that they handled, uh, the end of the movie really well, and... Again, they just kind of leave certain things up in the air, and it seems. uh, It seems complete and meaningful. Like, meaningful.
0: That's how I know that this movie works better than you're giving it credit for, because you need everything to be wrapped up in a neat little package in any movie.
1: That's true. You leave anything,
0: even the slightest thing, just open for interpretation. And like, it drives like, you nuts.
1: Like, what was that movie where it was, like, a love story and then they just kind of parted ways at the end? I was like, that's stupid.
0: I don't even remember. But they,
1: they were sitting at, like, a table in an airport or something and they're like, they just parted ways and they weren't going to be
0: with each other? You might have just made that up, but I don't know. But there's been many a movies where you have had issues with, oh, that's an incomplete ending. And personally, I love that. If a movie leaves something open for interpretation, how do you think this ends? That's what I prefer.
1: Oh, I hate it. Here you
0: have a movie, though, where everything is just the ball's in your court. What are you going to do with it? Klaatu flies off to die 20 minutes later, probably. But still, he flies off. And you actually love that ending.
1: What do you think he did in his final 20 minutes?
0: He doesn't need to do much. Uh, wink, wink. He He's an evolved man from another world. I wonder uh, what
1: Gort can do if Gort has oh. special abilities.
0: We're going to end it on 51 version because <laughs> we've got to talk about Keanu wink, Reeves. Wink. Where Jamie's only getting it more inappropriate from here. Actually, just before we start the uh, the Keanu Reeves one, the remake, uh, I did forget to mention the director uh, of the directors of both of these movies are actually pretty big names. Uh, the original Day of the Earth Stood Still, this was sort of the breakthrough movie for Robert Wise, which I'm guessing you don't know him by name. Nope. Okay. <laughs> are you curious to know what he's directed that you're a huge fan of? nope you're all right moving on Keanu keanu you're just so anxious to talk about keanu reeves you couldn't care about anything else could you
1: i'm just not a movie buff like you were i care about all the names although i guess that's disrespectful but it it
0: sure is jamie you disgust me you're a terrible person uh but no it's interesting because you are a big fan of at least one of the movies he made the sound of music
1: Oh, yeah, I like that one.
0: Yeah, so he went on to The Sound of Music. He went out to do West Side Story, another one that's uh, getting remade soon. Maybe we'll add that to the next time we do this Mm -hmm. miniseries. The Haunting, the original Haunting, considered one of the greatest horror movies of all time.
1: I don't think I saw the original.
0: Uh, Also, he he did some more. He went back to science fiction later in his career when he did uh, a movie based on a Michael Crichton novel, The Andromeda Strain in the 70s. And then one of his final movies was uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, the original Star Trek movie.
1: Interesting. Yeah,
0: very interesting. We start this episode. The one thing I say is, Jamie, just whatever you do, don't just do that. Hmm. Interesting.
1: <laughs> no, he would. Based on this movie here that we're reviewing, he would be very good at doing a Star Trek
0: movie. But I'd always found it interesting with Robert Wise, and again, he—he's a very famous director. Like these aren't just oh, he's a guy who made movies. I mean, people consider him to be a groundbreaking director. West Side Story was groundbreaking for musicals. sound and music. Same thing. But you have a guy who is able to make a career in two completely polar opposite genres and do them both in kind of a revolutionary way, which is interesting. Uh, Director of the Keanu Reeves one that we're about to talk about here, Scott Derrickson, mostly did horror films like Sinister and uh, The Exorcism, Emily Rose. But his most recent movie that almost all people are going to be familiar with was actually Doctor Strange. So I can see some of the things he did in The Day the Earth Stood Still, years later, I could see why they might have hired him for doctor strange even though doctor strange is a much doctor strange i ranked as my number one favorite marvel movie of like all their 20 something movies i th-
1: I think i watched that one but um i'm trying to remember if i liked it or not i think i did though but my memory for movies is not very good
0: benedict cumberbatch
1: yeah i mean he's okay i know i know women go crazy for him but i just find him okay
0: why is everything with you come down to just their looks
1: well, no, you you mentioned, you mentioned the, the actor, and that was the first thing I thought of.
0: Okay, uh, so anyways, running through the plot of the Keanu Reeves one here, uh, the, this remake, uh, whatever you want, I was going to call it a sequel, remake, reboot, whatever, had been in development for a very long time. Scott Derrickson had always wanted to do this. Uh, they make some changes, which we'll kind of see as we cover the plot here. Uh, the movie, for one thing, starts by showing how he got the human body. Now, this makes sense. This is what a modern remake is designed for let's update it in a way that it makes more sense for modern audiences certain things that are just back when you make the movie in 1950s nobody cares about the fact that an alien comes out of a spaceship and looks and everything like human here let's give an explanation for him so we see keanu reeves in the arctic or whatever uh and he sees this giant orb and the next thing you know he's sort of gone the idea being that they get his dna which is the body they groom for him for when he's going to come to earth later The rest of the movie starts similar to the other where it's showing the world sort of responding to this, or in this case, orb instead of a spaceship landing or coming towards Earth. Uh, And it's all government secrecy. It's NASA. uh, And they're rounding up all the scientists. Now, this, again, I actually really like. So we have the female lead who just, uh, Helen in the original one, just headed up a boarding house. In this one, she's a scientist. They bring her in along with other people. Uh, She's got a son, which here's what actually bothers me. Wait, hold,
1: hold on a second. This woman, what would you rank her one to ten hotness?
0: Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. You asked me this because we we, we recently watched Labyrinth, uh, which was kind of her big break. And By it's, the way,
1: it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah.
0: By the way, Scott Derrickson, who made this movie, is the guy attached to the rap, new Labyrinth movie. Oh, there's a new one. We talked about this again when we were watching Labyrinth. I don't remember that at all. You don't have memory of many things. Is it uh, is
1: it going to have Muppets in it?
0: I don't know. Nobody knows anything yet.
1: But, um... Why didn't you tell me?
0: I did tell you. We had this conversation when we watched Labyrinth.
1: I don't remember, so therefore it didn't happen. Anyway.
0: Anyways. Uh, I don't know. J- Jennifer Connelly, when she was younger, I would say a four. Uh, I think when she hit 30, kind of around the time of Beautiful Mind, might bump her up to a six, a seven. I mean, she's not really my type, but this might be at her at her peak, I guess. Her peak. <laughs> brown is poo or poo is brown (laughs) brown is poo uh anyways so the scientists all getting hoarded together they don't know what it is i really like the 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 secrecy behind them being rounded up uh her son which here's my complaint about the movie uh Okay, so Jaden Smith plays her son. Now he's not great in this movie. This is Will Smith's son. He had just sort of broken through with uh the Will Smith movie Pursuit of Happiness, I think was the one he was in. Um They want to put him in the movie, fine. You have a white actress, a black kid. Do you have to go out of your way to explain I'm just the stepmom? Like that this is such a common thing in Hollywood. I've seen lots of parents out there of interracial couples where one takes after the other like you could just say this to the son and just leave it at that weird description a movie that actually draws attention to it in a much more clever way instead of always having to be yes this is my husband's son i am his stepmother because i am a different race uh, when the lost does, world did does, this
1: does it though because i think uh, i kind of disagree with you because i just think that they had certain things that they played on in the movie with that, like when they were talking about the fact that his dad died, and then he had, they had this moment where he was talking to the mom, and he's like, yeah, you got stuck with me.
0: Yes, I know. They, they work that into the plot, and it probably, in that case, are we going to say it works out for the better? Do we need this kid whining throughout the movie?
1: I honestly I really hated him actually I, I I like I like the original uh kid but I'm, i' would I'm, not go that i'm not a I'm not a fan of this actor though
0: well, I think he was good in the karate kid no yeah he was decent in the karate here's the thing people want to judge all child actors. I know I'm guilty because I just did this, but it's the style of acting that kids had back in the 50s versus now. everyone wants to judge kid actors like, oh, what a terrible actor or whatever this kid at the age of what 10 or 11 committed himself to getting an incredible physical shape doing a lot of his own stunts in the karate kid remake i can at least appreciate that but in this movie he's got no stunts no excuses he's annoying but anyways it's just the fact that i'm not even saying this movie this movie finds a way to work into the plot hey it's their stepson or whatever but it's the fact that all hollywood movies have to do this they have to make an explanation for it where sometimes it'd be like you know what You could have a mixed race, you know, a child, and then they they end up looking like one more than the other. Uh, The Lost World, as I was saying, when they did this, it was actually very clever because you have Jeff Goldblum and then his daughter, who is clearly black, and he is clearly not, and the only time they address it in the movie is just two people sort of look at them and say, do you see any family resemblance? And they just sort of shrug it off and leave it at that. That I kind of like. It's funny. But anyways, that's just a, a, a thing that bothers me in a lot of movies. Handled a little bit better here, but again, it also results in... A whiny child. So uh, when she's being hauled away, she's like, well, I got nobody to watch my kid. And then they're just like, is there any neighbors who could watch the kid? And then she's like, no. And then the kid's like, I can watch myself. And then she's like, all right, go to the neighbor's house.
1: <laughs> yeah, it didn't really make much sense, to it?
0: No. But uh, when she does arrive at the NASA facility, government facility, whatever, uh, they're telling everybody, okay, put your cell phones away. And she sneaks hers into her chest and this is where we get introduced to John Ham from Mad Men, a show that I watch all the time, uh, an actor you see frequently. Now, we've seen John Ham in multiple things over, I'd say, the last year. Yeah. We saw him when we watched Bad Times at the El Royale. We saw him in. I watch Mad Men, it's probably at least a couple of days a week where I've got Mad Men on. And every single time you say the same thing to me, Who's that guy? And I said, That's John Ham. We've seen him in multiple things. And you're like, What do you say? He's hot. Yeah, there you go. But you never remember him. It's weird.
1: I don't know. Yeah, there's there's some people that are just I don't know forgettable that way. I guess. But he like he's a good actor. He's hot. I don't know. But I always forget his name.
0: I love John Hamm. This is not John but, was but, best, But though. but that's
1: not the only time when that's happened though, and it's, it doesn't happen just because somebody's hot or not hot or whatever. It could be completely random. But there's
0: conversations like, hey. When we watch Labyrinth,
1: do you know they're making a new Labyrinth? No, but there's there's actors all the time where I'm like, you, you know, you remember that guy from Phantoms? Like I couldn't tell yeah. you his name. <laughs> yeah, what, Schreiber. Uh, yeah, I was going to say something something Schreiber.
0: Yeah. Uh, but uh, when he spots her, I I like the way the scene's played because you think he he actually calls her out. He's like, Helen, whatever. (laughs) He's pointing down. You're like, oh no, I just stuffed my cell phone in when they told me to put it away. But instead he's like, come with me because he knows her. So they go into the briefing. They're all told an alien or we think an alien is coming towards Earth. We think this is, whatever's coming towards Earth is launched. It's a projectile. This isn't just an asteroid. It's going to kill everybody on Earth. So there's... Some moments of panic that make sense in this movie where they're like, oh, it, like the the security guard, when she's talking to her son on the phone in the bathroom, which she's not supposed to have the phone, and the security guard bangs on the door. It's like, is that a cell phone? Yes. And then she, the lady breaks down tears like, may I borrow it? Like, I really like that moment. But then when they're in the helicopter and you have all these scientists who've been, tell us what we need to do. Nobody offers a solution. We brought all the scientists here together to say we're all about to die and there's not a moment where they don't question hey when this thing crashes we're all dead why are they there then yeah that's actually a really good point yeah again they do something right in this movie then they immediately do something wrong uh the orb uh, eventually when they all surround it you get this time clatu coming out looking like an alien he's got this weird you know gelatinous body uh glowing and Unlike the first movie where he's offering a peace offering gets shot. Here, they just shoot him because he looks weird. It's not a play that's being updated uh, or a play on how they did the original one where they're updating it and this is better. I like it better where it just shows the human's paranoia. Here, you can just say, well, they fired because they thought he was threatening. Like, you know, it's an alien. I'm going to understand somebody shooting an alien— who's sticking his arms out, especially when we can see what he does later on. The peace offering, I thought, was done much better. We'll save some of the comparisons for later. So, as they start operating on him, you see that, uh, it slowly starts peeling away all the gelatinous goo, and then underneath is a human body, and it's Keanu Reeves. Uh, so, the explanation here, they even give, I think it's Jennifer Connelly that says, they must have retrieved some DNA in the past, and basically developed this body, and put one of their own minds in there. Uh, now, we get all the stuff from the original movie, uh, him asking to talk to all the world leaders, and Kathy Bates, uh, of course, the famous Kathy Bates is standing with the president. I think she's like the Secretary of Defense or something. And she uh, is saying, nope, you can't talk to uh, the leader. You can talk to me, and I'll talk to the president. And I love this sort of updating, which they didn't really touch on as much in the original, where you're coming to America. We have also ships all over the world in this movie. Makes more sense. And him saying, there are world leaders only a few blocks from here. Obviously talking about the UN. And she's like, no, there's a president of the United States. And I speak for the president of the United States. So you're Uh, talking to me.
1: What would be the problem, though, with, uh, you know, this movie, it's it's a modern movie so it's not like it's from let's say 30 years ago or something where certain things might not exist like cell phones right yeah so there's cell phones there's computers and nowadays especially with covid people are super used to skype and and facetime and zoom all those things i mean those things were still uh they still existed at that point what honestly would have been the harm for if they didn't want the president to be in the same presence with this guy, for them to actually do a video call of some kind. Wouldn't that make sense?
0: Yeah, they could. And I think that would solve a plot problem with both of these movies. But I also think the idea they're going for that's not spelled out well enough in either movies is just about human paranoia and about bureaucracy and, oh, no, you have to do things our way. Uh, they're they are trying to play their cards because they're paranoid about this. So it sort of makes sense both ways. Uh, but... um. The way this kind of goes is when Keanu is able to speak and everything, uh, they end up holding him and trying to interrogate. I'm not going to say it's interrogation, but they're giving him basically a lie detector test. Can you tell me you know, who you are? And this is where Keanu Reeves is at his best, just cold, emotionless. And the way he sort of turns this around on the interrogator and starts questioning him and, and reverses it where he has an escape plan, also I think makes more sense than just in the original Klaatu asks hey can I see your leaders no okay I'm gonna steal a name tag and walk off site you know there's a big escape scene it's kind of exciting here uh Keanu then has no plan after this (laughs) he uh they had given him a serum which they said oh we're gonna give him this troop serum or whatever which nobody wanted to John Hamm didn't want to do Jennifer Connelly Helen she volunteers to so Keanu she switches it so Keanu knows well she didn't poison me or whatever they were trying to do so I trust her so he calls her so then the rest of this movie is just her trying to help him there's a point where Keanu uh, meets up with another person obviously from his planet that had been planted there in the past and lived there because he's got a grandchild and everything this is sort of the men in black sequence Uh, and that'll pose a lot of problems in this movie because (laughs) they should have an understanding of humans and to believe anything in this movie in this remake That it makes sense that, oh, there's just this biggest misunderstanding. You would have to have no communication between Klaatu's race and the human race. But they've had people planted there the whole time who could just say, you know what? Don't talk to the president. Just go and take over the media. Like, it doesn't make sense that he talks to somebody who's been here for decades and doesn't know anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, From this point on, Keanu will eventually end up on his own. Uh, The the son comes into the picture here. Uh, Jaden comes into the picture. He doesn't trust him because he's believing everything in the media. Oh, this guy who's escaped is dangerous. They're trying to capture him. Uh, At one point, they take him to see this is the substitution for the smartest man there is. We get John Cleese. How great is that John Cleese in anything though, right?
1: I I knew that you were going to say that.
0: I mean come on this guy was Faulty Towers and he was Q in James Bond and he was R in James Bond this is great and I love that John Cleese is doing a dramatic role there is no joke to his performance and you would think it's unusual but also I somehow just believe that John Cleese is the smartest man alive you know
1: he was very good in the role for sure
0: and the way that they have the scene where Keanu is solving the problem on the board and then John Cleese is solving it and he's basically just showing him some type of advanced science to prove I am who I say I am you could have been doing this <laughs> with the humans when you were trying to talk to them earlier. You know what? Look what I can do. Um, one very smart moment in this movie where John Cleese is having a discussion with them, where Keanu's basically unveiling his plan, unlike the first movie. You know what? You humans are a threat to the rest of this world. This is all an environmental plot this time around. You're destroying your own world, so we're going to destroy you.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit different than it was in the first a one. A little bit different? No, because I'm... Uh, He's a terrorist! No, I, I'm saying that the it, it's different for why he came to Earth, because in the first one, wasn't it... Uh, I'm trying to remember all all of it now. Wasn't it that uh, they didn't want to use their atomic power in space, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. well, they were saying, you know what,
0: do whatever... In fact, that was kind of the point in the original. Do whatever you want on your own world, but when you leave Earth with this type of power, you're going to destroy things you don't understand. Yeah. And in this movie, it's like you know what we're judging you because of the. It's the exact opposite of the original. It's not do what you want in your own world. It's we don't like what you're doing in your own world, so we're gonna police you.
1: Well, and, and they they wanted to to preserve everything, so that's why they had those arcs. But, with the animals, I'll,
0: I'll get I'll get to. And, and it's kind oh, of funny. Oh, 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 we'll we'll get to that, okay?
1: It's kind of funny though because with that though, just just to quickly say, you know, it's it seems like if you blink, you miss it type of thing. So I was thinking, like, really, what what was the point? <laughs> well, I, well, and and to... they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to to live on anywhere other than Earth. So I guess that they were just going to flood the Earth and kill all the humans and then bring the animals back. It, well, I don't we'll, know.
0: we'll get to that. Um, but that that'll be safer when we compare these movies. But John Cleese has a very smart line here, which I want to bring up later on, where he says, "Okay, so what happened with your people? Well, when our people sun was about to explode." our civilization was threatened and we changed our ways. And he's like, okay, so only when your lives and your, your livelihood was threatened did you wise up, give the humans the same chance. Then John Cleese is dropped from the movie. This entire idea of this is what will save the human race is dropped from the movie. You, you bring up a very intelligent point in this movie and then drop it completely. After this, Keanu's just sort of off doing his own thing. Uh, th- there's a nice action sequence that they try to escape where um uh, he reverses the missiles or whatever from the helicopter by using his powers. I kind of like him having more powers in this instead of just saying, I stopped all power in the world for 30 minutes so I could talk to you. Yeah. Uh, he ends up getting paired up with Jaden Smith, okay? So now it's a, a, a guy and a boy, just like in the original, and he sees him visiting the grave of his dad and being sad, and that's when he decides humans are worth saving. Now, something else idiotic that happens in this movie is when Jennifer Connelly's separated from him... And she says, you know what? I can reach him. Give me a chance. The earth's going to be destroyed, but I can reach him. And they say, okay, but you're going on your own because we're not sending you with anybody. What? <laughs> you're not going to run the risk of sending a helicopter? She takes her own car. <laughs> because they they don't care enough to save the human race. They're going to send somebody with her. But they do. That's the problem is that Kathy Bates is saying, listen, we need to save the earth, but you're going on your own. Yeah, and John Hamm's like, I'll go with you.
1: Yeah, it, that didn't really make much sense. You're right.
0: Oh, it's, it's, i oh, I have so many problems with that later on.
1: And you know, it's funny. I didn't think about any of them. So I we'll know.
0: This said. is why I said, when we finish this movie and you're like, I don't see a lot of problems with it. You're like, I kind of see a problem with it, but I don't think it's that bad. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to poke a lot of holes in this movie. It's going to be re-questioning re- uh, your entire position. Uh, so uh, after this, when she's sent by her own car to just find him and ask where to meet him, oh, I know where they're going to be again. You've got helicopters, you've got GPS, like, you've got all the resources in the world, and the world is about to be destroyed, and you just send a woman in her car, it's so stupid. Uh, she eventually says, hey, can you stop whatever's about to happen in the Earth? Because Gort, who's barely a part of this movie, even though he's 50 feet tall in this one, is being contained inside some type of underground silo, and he's got all these little fly things that he disperses that eat everything alive except for what the the aliens want to preserve so humans are dead humans clothing is dead street signs are dead but everything else will be preserved
1: like the buildings and
0: such yeah everything but plant and animal life this thing takes out i mean most of the clothes are made out of plants so how do they program this but this is the swarm that's about to destroy the human race keanu wants to try to stop this because now he wants to save the human race why because a kid cried at a grave i'm sorry the Guy who has his own grandson who was implanted on this earth from the same species couldn't have come to the same conclusion from, you know what, I've got all these people, whether it's his grandson or not, whatever, they've got sleeper agents on earth who would have come to the same conclusion. But no, I saw a kid cry at his dad's grave so these humans are worth saving now. So how does the big climax end? You have the orb that he has to get to in Central Park Gort is gone from the movie, but it's just a swarm of flies that's devouring everything. And Keanu's like, I can try to stop it. So he goes out across the landscape of Central Park or whatever, battling the wind from the swarm, and he just touches the orb and everything's gone. But the result is everything is thrown to the back in the Dark Ages, all the powers out on Earth, they bring back the original plot. That's the end of the movie. It is idiotic like this movie has so much promise for the first two thirds and then it's idiotic. We'll compare all the things later on but just now let's get your position on your I think it's a solid six or seven (laughs) or whatever you said after I've poked some holes in it.
1: I'd still give it the same thing honestly.
0: Because of Keanu, because that you've admitted to me that all the stuff I'm saying, you're like, well, that really doesn't make sense.
1: Well, you know, I think I think I said like six or six and a half out of seven. I kind of have a memory like Dory, but honestly, six and uh, seven is kind of generous, but a six is not that great for a movie, really.
0: Uh well, it's a passing grade. I mean, if it's you know, out any
1: of... movie with Keanu is at least a six. How about let's just say that?
0: I don't know, but I've seen some Keanu movies that are a a, a three at best, but okay. Uh, Let's go through some of the differences between these movies now, because this is kind of the whole idea here. You know What what has changed, and is it changed for the better? So you want to start on any of the major differences between the original and this one?
1: Well, why don't... I mean, not everything's going to be in order, but just because it's fresh when you're thinking about order, why don't we start with the beginning with how the spaceman comes to Earth?
0: Okay, so... uh, First, we have to talk about the stuff they added with, yes, we went back and got DNA. I mean, is that for the better? Is it for the worse?
1: Uh, I didn't realize what was going on at first when I saw, like, Keanu Reeves in the snow in the first part. Uh, so I kind of had to ask you about that. I don't feel like it was 100% clear until they actually touched on it in the movie a little bit later. Uh, like, not too far in, but just as like, oh, okay, that's what it was. You, it kind of was a little bit hard to follow. Yeah. but But it was important, I think, that they put it in there.
0: Well, I think I said this earlier. The fact is, in 1951, you could get away with, hey, this alien looks exactly like a human. I mean, in 1961, in 1971, you probably could get away with that. But nobody's buying that nowadays. So in watching the original, I'm going to say the, the start of this one, the new one, is probably better than the original. Uh, at least up until we get the first appearance of Klaatu. uh, Up until the other major difference was how the humans deal with him, which we'll also talk about that. I mean, in the original, uh, we have him presenting a peace offering, but they think it looks like a gun, so they shoot it. I think that actually plays better now than it would have in 1951, uh, whereas the new one felt like they had to do a thing where he's just standing there and they shoot him because he looks weird. I mean, you could make a case for both. But uh, overall, I think that it works better to show a bit of history and explain scientifically why he would look like a human than the original just letting it go, you know? Yeah. But the the appearance of him and what the humans respond to, personally, I prefer the original a lot better than
1: this. I, I found it kind of interesting how they were uh, explaining all these things with how he was covered in like that, you know,
0: the mucus goo? type of placenta
1: yeah. th- stuff. And they're even talking about the placenta liquid because he basically uses that to heal himself. Um, And I mean, that's pretty cool.
0: Well, they also say it's to survive space. Like when they do throw scientific explanations into this movie, it makes sense. Uh, I I think there was a part where they said, oh, he would need this type of whatever thing surrounding him to survive the travel in space. Most movies don't address that. They're just like, oh yeah, the ship can travel in space. Well, even if a ship can travel in space at the speeds you're traveling, it's going to destroy a human, you know? So to give an explanation as to how that's possible, again, I like that.
1: Yeah, I did too. What what uh, what's the next one that you want to bring up? You well, go you next. didn't no,
0: you did, you didn't mention your thoughts on how the humans respond to him, the threat of him.
1: Oh yeah, no, I mean, I think that I think that you're right. I think that it's kind of it's kind of funny to think about. Oh, let's just shoot him because he looks weird. I mean, think about the differences. Really, like you said, he he's holding something out, so he actually makes. The motion of doing an action, at least. Mm -hmm. And the other one is just like, what the heck
0: is that thing? (laughs) Yeah, which (laughs) uh, I'm going to say say this. I kind of understand the panic. And and you could play this opening for modern audiences both ways. Yeah, The parallel now would be, you know, police shootings, right? Uh, Oh, I, I couldn't tell if that was a toy gun or a real gun. That's why I think this one works better now. You could also do, oh, he looks weird, he looks different, so I shot, right? Okay, we're we're treating different people, different ethnicities, whatever, differently. But the biggest problem with this new one, which transitions to the next thing to talk about the differences, is the motive, which is the big difference in this movie. The motive in the original, which we sort of touched on uh, earlier, is they're worried, hey, you've now harnessed nuclear power, nuclear weapons. If you try to use this power in space, even just to power a vehicle you could damage things you don't understand. In the new one, hey, we don't like the way that you're treating your own planet, so we're going to enforce this. So, (laughs) regardless of your feelings on whether humans are destroying the Earth or not, is this not another race, another species, coming into our system and telling us how to live our lives, and then saying, you know what, if you don't do what we're going to say, we're going to kill you? In this case, with this movie, the way the difference is presented with what Klaatu is doing to Earth, I'm okay with them shooting him because he's coming to destroy you all. So it's, in the end, they didn't realize it, but it's actually self-defense if they shoot him at the beginning.
1: Well, I mean, they ha- uh, Keanu Reeves' version had already said like, oh, it doesn't matter if they killed me, everything's in motion already. So really that wouldn't have done anything. And in fact, it would have hurt them because, I mean, you don't figure it out to the end of the movie, but he wouldn't have been able to try to, you know, reverse what's going on. But the thing is, is, you know, the first one, it actually does make a little bit more sense because, you know, as you are saying, when you're talking about something with the, the power that they would use to go into space with, uh, what is that? Nu- nuclear? Is that what it yeah, was?
0: Nuclear. Yes.
1: Anyway, it, it uh, or was it atomic energy Is it, or is that the same well, thing? It's, it's the same thing. Okay. Anyway, so atomic energy. I'll say that one because I can say that, um, you know, you, you may mess up things that you don't understand. I like that better because I feel like that is way more science fiction-y. Um, like, you know, it kind of leaves it open that really humans have touched the surface on all of these things and how much more advanced this other civilization is. I feel like though for the Keanu Reeves version, they at least had a redemption moment as far as this storyline talking about the John Cleese thing uh when that character uh comparing him to the smartest man on earth and the other one he felt like he had purpose in this movie uh and his whole spiel about he
0: yeah, had purpose his purpose though you know, was the, to smar- destroy- the smartest man on earth oh John Cleese okay. yes
1: that's what I said yeah pay attention Colin <laughs> Um, my apologies but I was saying that this, that scientist felt like he had purpose in this movie versus more so the other one I felt like it was like hi I'm a I'm a goofy scientist okay. tell, tell me what's what's going on man so
0: I agree and disagree I do think one of the best things in this movie is the John Cleese scene
1: yeah
0: uh, because he he presents an argument to Klaatu where it's like you know what if your race only changed because you were threatened with destruction and you
1: were on the precipice of, of yeah that, yeah
0: then shouldn't humans be given the same chance you can't just say destroy us but we never get that moment where that changes klaatu's mind what changes his mind is a kid sobbing in his dad's grave john cleese is a cameo in this movie he should have had a bigger role the original there's nothing that the scientist or professor barnhart or whatever said that was all that compelling uh, that would change klaatu's mind but at least he was part of the plot they said listen the the government won't listen to me. I need to talk to world leaders. The government won't listen to me. Maybe they'll listen to you and your people. So then, in that sense, the scientists in the original served a purpose. It was, you know what, I'm, I'm going to the next person of authority to see if they'll listen to you because my first... I've struck out of my first... Uh, the, the fact is, both of these movies fail miserably in making us believe that Klaatu and his species are actually trying their hardest.
1: But, but here's, here's the thing, though. Okay, I, I touched earlier in the uh, recording here on um, how, you know, why couldn't they just do FaceTime if the president or whoever didn't want to be in the same room with the guy? This race clearly has the technology to actually shut down their missile launches and all this stuff so he could land safely without anything bombing him, Right.
0: Which is, in the end, what ends up happening.
1: But but he has that ability, though, right? Where he can turn all that off. So he can do anything, really, to our technology, and we would not be able to stop him, correct? Yeah. So, so you know, wouldn't it make more sense for him to do something like he would just know how to contact these specific people and take over their TVs or monitors or even just to take over everybody's TV and monitor, kind of like how yes. in the in
0: Superman movie, how Zod does it. Yes, that's that's kind of what I was saying. Even the original, does 2 in the original, Michael Rennie 2, does he actually do everything he can to get through the humans? He speaks to one government employee who says, ah, uh, no, uh, we're not going to have you talk to world leaders. Okay, I'll go off and I'll find somebody else. You're going to come to this planet, you know enough, you can disrupt the Earth's power for 30 minutes even in the original. But you can't hijack a, t- uh, a TV signal or something like that to talk to all Every, of Everybody's at the same time.
1: radios, everybody's
0: TVs, yeah. monitors, whatever. They have unlimited power. And, and it's even worse than the Keanu version because he has even more power. He can reverse the, the missiles on um, a, a helicopter or whatever. He can take over the lie detector test and, and force it back into the other person's brain. Can he literally do nothing? to get himself on tv
1: well i i was thinking like those things are valid yeah but i was thinking about the fact that he could basically you know hack into their system which the keanu reeves version touched on that that they he was already in their defense system and everything else so he basically has no problem hacking any type of system so again like why wouldn't they just broadcast to the entire world or to these specific people if they didn't know you know who to do it to just do it to everybody you know
0: Yeah, ultimately, I think Klaatu is lazy in both of these movies. Uh, So I'm not saying the original is perfect. It definitely does a much better job with presenting the story, with presenting their ultimatum, the human people. But they're both lazy in this movie. Uh, I I feel like it's somehow worse than the Keanu version just because we show Klaatu has one power, which probably comes from technology in the original, which is to turn everything off on Earth. In the new one, he seems to have unlimited power, and Gort has even more, and Gort's barely a part of this movie. So they're both lazy, but the Keanu one is even lazier.
1: You know what would have been kind of cool, though, is if you actually got to see what these aliens are supposed to look like.
0: Yeah. Well, because it's an alien brain in a human body, yeah.
1: Right. And I mean, the original doesn't really explain that, like you said, but, you know, I was thinking, and I just think these things, because I'm immature and, and... I'm weird, but whatever. All we I was, know. I was thinking in my head, I was like, you know, he, he, uh, Keanu Reesman, he's, has his hands up and he's like, the, this is a weird body. It's going to take some getting used to. And I thought in my head, I'm like, you know, is he going <laughs> to, is he going to be like, what the heck? When he's like, uh, he all of a sudden gets an erection because that happens apparently all the time for guys without them really knowing. Oh, that's
0: a good point. I haven't thought about that. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly walks in, it's like, or if don't... He, or
1: if he has to pee, like, he just, he he doesn't really understand, so then he, he like, pisses all over himself.
0: <sighs> well, he's got this young single mother around him all the time, like, you think he didn't get at least one chubby? <laughs> Probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> There's some deleted scenes in here we need to see. Uh, now, what happens at the end of this movie? Well, again, we may jump back to something else with some of the differences, but what happens at the end of this movie, where in the original... Uh, Klaatu just sort of gives them an ultimatum and says, listen, the ball's in your court. I'm leaving it at that. The ball. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in, in this one, the idea of shutting all the power off for Earth uh, was something Klaatu did. Maybe part of it, they don't clearly state it in the original movie, but maybe part of it is just to show, hey, we do have power. We can force you to do things. We just don't want to, which again, I like better. The other part was, I just need to shut down an elevator so I'm going to shut down power on Earth. But I think the whole point of the original is, we're going to demonstrate what power we do have, but we don't want to force you. In this new one, everything they do is to force them. We don't have a moment where Klaatu realizes, hey, in, in the Keanu Reeves version, hey, maybe forcing them to do something isn't the best option. Maybe yeah. you should try to get through to them. He's made minimal effort, as we've seen. Who's made even less effort? All of his colleagues in the original, there's one Clatu just coming to Earth with a message. That's all he's doing he's not saying I'm going to destroy the earth, I'm doing it. The reason they send one guy in the original is because he's just a guy coming with a message. Listen, we're out there. We want you to realize you're not the only ones in the universe and you need to be careful what you do. Ball's in your court. In the new one, they send an army and then they all leave at random.
1: Because wouldn't it make sense if, like, especially in the new one, because like you said, I mean, it's one guy and and the way that they do it in the old one, it makes sense for it to be one guy. But don't you think the Keanu Reeves version... Would have made it better again with if it showed him somehow communicating back to his race, just going back and forth, like or
0: get on the radio to the ones that are hovering over Tokyo or Paris or anywhere else in the world. We never really get an explanation why they leave in this movie. But I, I did they try to see?
1: I want to see him conflicted
0: though. Well, but we didn't really yeah, see yeah, that exactly Not because really. he's making a decision for his entire race. Say, we're yeah. going against our plans of genocide. Yeah, where they're villains in this one. Yeah, but even worse if Clatu put in minimal effort to get through to the Earth leaders at the UN, did any of these other ships talk to anybody? They just get up and leave. Yeah. And why is the only weapon... If, if if the rest of the race's ultimatum was, we're going to destroy the Earth, and that's what Gort carries out, what about all the other Gorts on all the other ships? They leave... If they're not the ones presented with this moral dilemma of, I shouldn't destroy the Earth because kids cry at their dad's graves.
1: And and how many whoa, whoa, whoa. people were killed for nothing, though?
0: But but for, <laughs> forget about how many people were killed for nothing. Because again, we've established that Klaatu's race and the new one are technically terrorists. They're villains. Uh, but the other ones that leave, they don't have some kid crying at a grave to give them a moral dilemma. So if their mission was to destroy the Earth, why are... None of the other cities being destroyed before. Why is it only an accident that causes just Klaatu's Gort to go crazy?
1: What, was the it... rest of them had a
0: mission and they just abandoned it.
1: No, no, no. But was there really more people though? Because I thought that those other orbs were basically just to take up all the animals. I didn't think that there was more well, aliens Maybe that's
0: there. the case. I don't know. But but then why are they sh- doing it sh- that?
1: it showed like all of the sea creatures and everything going into the orb.
0: Okay, so I obviously missed that. But that also presents another problem because Gort's weapon... We clearly see it destroying humans and any type of non-organic matter, right? We we clearly see that the rest of Earth, plant life and stuff like that, is is still alive. Why do they have to take everything off the Earth? I
1: don't the know. The weapon
0: but... didn't destroy everything. It only destroyed humans.
1: Yeah, I don't really understand because...
0: <laughs> it's the... a stupid movie. You still want to give a solid six or seven to. Yeah, because Keanu's in it. Okay, but it doesn't make any sense.
1: I mean, I thought that the insect things were cool, but... I thought that they were going to flood the whole planet. That's what I thought they were going to do.
0: Yeah, well... Especially
1: when I saw, like, the rain and stuff.
0: And then what happens? Keanu just touches an orb and everything's over, but then the Earth is thrown into darkness. So in the end, you have still committed some act of terror against humans, and John Cleese's argument, which is one of the smartest things in this movie, is completely irrelevant. Yeah. The humans now are not allowed to change their minds for themselves. Which is the entire purpose of this movie? If you present the possibility of destruction to humans, and then they have the option to change, like your people did, why is that even in the movie? Because in the end, they just end up shutting everything on Earth down, and we end on this—I don't even call cliffhanger—just this, you know, moment of oh well, now humans don't have a choice; they have to live the way the klatu wanted them to. But you're still forcing your agenda on humans. Yeah,
1: I mean. You know, like I said, it, it doesn't really make much sense, but I'm still going to give it a solid six for Keanu.
0: You're being completely unreasonable here. Uh, l- let's talk about the performances. Now, I I think Michael Rennie is great in the original. I think we kind of talked about earlier on, He he's not an actor who's done a lot of stuff. He's very known for The Day the Earth Still. He gives it a great performance as Klaatu. He gives it more of a human side you definitely get more of the alien side with Keanu. He's very cold, very emotionless, which I think Keanu does really well. I mean, that's why he's so good as John Wick. It's just that coldness he has, you know? A lot of people kind of mock Keanu Reeves' acting, but in the right role, that style completely works. Uh, what I think they do better is that there are a few moments in the original where Claatu comes across as too human. Even when he... I like that he has these questions, like when he's interacting with a kid or even you know, Helen, the the mother and everything that he sort of has these questions where you're like, okay, he's clearly not human. He doesn't understand everything. Right. But we get that alien side of the personality with Keanu where there's something unsettling about him, even though you still perceive him as being like a peaceful creature, you know? So between the two performances, I think that if you had put Keanu in the original movie with that original script, I think Keanu might have blown Michael Rennie away. And that that's, I'm not saying that because I'm I'm a big Keanu Reeves fan too, but I like the original. I just think the material Keanu Reeves has to work with, it doesn't work. But some of the moments, like him doing the lie detector test, and uh, when he's talking to Kathy Bates about, you know, oh, I want to see the world leaders, there's enough about him that's menacing, but also something that's kind of like soothing about him too.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I shouldn't have
0: said soothing because you're going to go in a different direction.
1: I agree with you too. Yeah, you know, I mean, the first one, the older one... It was more of like a softer, more human-like um, performance. And honestly, I do think that the Keanu one works more just because he, f- even though he looks like a human, you never really forget he's an alien. Yes, yeah. does,
0: does that make sense? Yeah, completely. And and I think there are a few moments where Michael Rainey felt a little too human, even though there are great moments he has too. It's It's sort of the way the characters are presented, not even necessarily a thing with the acting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I think you're right, though. I think that if you plunked him into the classic story that, you know... It that completely would be a, works. That would be a home run.
0: Yeah. Uh, the way that he takes over that... Um, uh, like, some of the extra scenes, like the way he takes over that, that guy admission lie detector test. Again, I like the way that was played. Uh, another small difference, the female lead in this one. They make her a scientist. I kind of gave my opinion on that earlier. I think that they had a really great idea with that. But... I will say the original did it a little bit better, even though she's just a single mother, a widow, you know, running a rooming house. The idea of this movie is that Klaatu's mind is changed by just seeing the regular people, not world leaders who are making all the decisions. Because that's kind of the point of the original movie is the whole human race isn't necessarily to blame because America and Russia don't get along. They even say that in the original where it's like, oh, well, uh, you need to talk to... You know uh, all the other powers out there, and I think um, the guy that Klaatu meets in the original says, "Yeah, tensions aren't uh, tensions are pretty high. It's not just easy to talk to them. Klaatu has to kind of meet just your regular, average, everyday citizen in, in order to experience. Yeah, humans aren't re- all responsible for the way that some leaders make decisions, right? So having it be this very high profile scientist in the original, I don't think worked as well as just having it be this widowed. You know, a uh, mother who runs a, a boarding house, uh, but the idea be- behind let's use this scientist so we can see how the world responds that I like, but her being a scientist ends up being irrelevant to this movie because she ends up just sort of going on this mission, which again, I said makes no sense why the government didn't just send her in a helicopter or anything.
1: yeah what well, like what what does she do? What does she study? You know,
0: we never learned because... Well, what, what, what does she, she do to put her skills to use? Well, what do any of them do? They, they assemble all the leading scientists from around the world, and the only thing she does is she says, oh, I think they probably came here at some point in the past to collect DNA to make him this body. So all that she does in this movie, it's, it's basically Sigourney Weaver's character. It's a,
1: it's a theory, basically. Well,
0: but, and... and Arguably, that's more than any of the other scientists do in this movie. The rest of the scientists are completely irrelevant. But Sigourney Weaver's character in Galaxy Quest, one of the funniest jokes about that movie is that they say her character's purpose is just to repeat what the computer says. Jennifer Connelly's repeating what the computer said in this. She's repeating what we saw in the opening scene of the movie. Yeah. But they, they could have gone somewhere with having the scientists. I think overall, I don't know, is there anything else for the major differences in this movie you want to talk about?
1: I already mentioned this before, but I... I... Do not like the new kid versus the old one. He's it's so t- whiny and well, annoying. Well,
0: okay, it's tough because I think that some of the stuff he had in here where he was just being a regular kid saying, yeah, they're saying on TV that this guy is here to destroy us all, so I hope they capture this alien. And then the mother and Keanu were sort of like, well, maybe the alien's not as much of a threat as you think. That was an interesting idea. You're looking at, what, an eight or nine-year-old kid? No, not many eight or nine-year-old kids are going to be great actors. So let's not judge his performance so much, but the way they wrote the character was better than golly G mister in the original. That just, oh, it drives me nuts.
1: That didn't bother me.
0: It should bother you. Uh, I don't know, anything else on the big differences with the movie you want to talk about?
1: I think those were basically the big ones.
0: So, final opinion here by Rent or before we do that just I, we don't really have a lot of box office to get through here uh, I'm not going to go through all the reviews like we normally do because we, we, we're talking about two movies here uh, but the original movie was obviously a hit I can't find like where it was the high whether it was highest scoring movie of the year no science fiction movies were really massive blockbusters at the time so arguably, if you were to look at which one was the higher-grossing movie the year it came out, it might actually be the Keanu Reeves one. Because the Keanu Reeves movie, it made okay amount of money uh, compared to the original. But the original stood the test of time and was considered, you know, uh, still to this day, considered a classic movie. Uh, the Keanu Reeves version for box office, uh, it uh, opened with $30 million. It opened at number one at the box office. Um, This was sort of in the early days of IMAX being a big thing with uh, Hollywood movies, so that helped it out a lot. Uh, Ended up making about $80 million, so it didn't even necessarily crack $100 million. Overall, based on the budget of this movie, the Canaries version was not considered a hit. Uh, But it made some money. It's not like this was a complete flop. Uh, The original, though, uh, as far as what critics' reviews go, again, without going through all the reviews... uh, it was universally loved by critics, and the new one has a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. So 79% of critics out there said this movie is a stinker. Uh, and you, because you said, well, 6 isn't that good, if if you were on Rotten Tomatoes, that would qualify as a fresh rating, uh, because it is more over the 50% mark.
1: Oh, whatever. I, I still stand by okay, it. so
0: let's take Keanu Reeves out of this movie, Okay. Let's swap them. Keanu Reeves plays Clatoo in nineteen fifty one and Michael Rennie plays Clatoo in two thousand eight version. Which movie okay I
1: would still think it's okay. You gotta tell me somebody that's ugly. I don't like to watch ugly people.
0: Okay, and Michael Rennie's not ugly enough for you?
1: Yeah, he's
0: just okay. He's okay, so... he's
1: he's like Benedict Cumberbatch. Like he's just okay. He's not ugly, he's not pretty, he's okay. just okay.
0: Well Kate okay, well, I know go...
1: I know a lot of women like him, but seriously, I do not understand the Benedict Cumberbatch thing.
0: Okay, but you understand the John Hamm thing.
1: Who's John Hamm again? He <laughs> just did the again. Oh wait, no, no, yeah, now who's I remember. Back? Okay, yeah, now I remember. Yeah, he's hot. Uh,
0: okay, so who's somebody who's ugly? You don't like Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: Yeah, he's ugly. All I, right. Another one that lots of women. Ryan
0: Gosling, you don't like. No. Okay, Ryan Gosling or Leonardo DiCaprio plays two in the new version. Are you giving it a six or a seven? No. What are you giving it?
1: Maybe like a three, four. Okay,
0: now somebody who's average looking, Benedict Cumberbatch is in this movie. What are you giving it? i give it a 5. Okay, so we've determined that there is at least a 2 point out of 10, a 20% margin of error when it comes to the attractiveness of the leading man to determine your opinion on the movie. Ultimately, because Benedict Cumberbatch is the most average looking of those three guys we mentioned, you would consider the Canary's movie a 5 out of 10.
1: You know what? If Maybe it's not like every single person, but I bet you that the majority of people would be more likely to see a movie of someone starring someone that they thought was sexy or hot.
0: Sure, but that doesn't mean that in the end you're going to rank the movie yeah. 20% higher.
1: Yeah. I would be because that means I'd watch it again. Look, I mean
0: you're well aware of the fact that if you ever die Brie Larson is one of your, you know, replacements. She's
1: so average looking. You say that you, you- I, and I'm not saying that just to make you mad. Like I'm I'm not saying she's ugly, but she looks like she could just be like an average winnipeg neighbor (laughs) winnipeg
0: is the the definition of average looking people and we are both from winnipeg
1: well there's some areas of the city where there's more ugly people than others that is true so maybe i'd have to specify
0: yeah that is true but regardless of your opinion i would put brie larson as a and a lot of that is just her personality not in her movies but uh well in some movies but but i would put brie larson as like Potential replacement for Jamie if she dies, wife material, okay?
1: And and hold on, j- just a fact for people that may not know out there that may be interested in Brie Larson, not interested like you are, but just interested <laughs> in facts. Colin told me this recently, and I didn't know that. She actually started as a singer, so she had yeah. an album that she made.
0: Yeah, as a teenager, she recorded her own album. There's at least one good song on there. Uh, but if Brie Larson, Brie Larson was in a movie, uh, Captain Marvel... That I was very excited about. I
1: it. really liked her in Room, though.
0: Well, well, there's there's a difference, okay? Room, Brie Larson is as dumpy looking as you can get. That's the whole point of the movie.
1: Right, yeah, because she's stuck in a shed for and like years. And I give
0: that movie a perfect 10. Brie Larson in Captain Marvel, I give that movie a 4 at best. There's, so, there's... I yes, I would rather watch a movie if, if there's Brie Larson in it. I would rather watch that movie than if there was somebody who was unattractive, but it's not going to change my opinion on the movie. Your opinion changes no, 20 you know what? freaking percent just by having, even you know if John Hamm's in this movie and he, he's not at Keanu Reeves level, if, you're giving this a 7 out of 10.
1: If there's somebody that you like, like Brie Larson, she could be rolling around in mud. She could be the dumpiest ever, like, stuck in a shack like she was in Room, and I be- I swear... That you would watch that movie and I would hear you say stuff sometimes like, you know, I want to lick her face. (laughs) And she's like probably covered in like how many germs and like, I don't know, like E. coli or something. And like, I want to lick her face. But that doesn't mean
0: I want to watch a bad movie. If I have my choice, am I going to watch her in Room looking dumpy or in Captain Marvel looking all superhero-y? I'm watching Room. Are you more willing
1: to watch, uh... What's that movie again? Uh, what's that singing one that that lady, that lady, old lady's in?
0: A singing movie with an old lady?
1: Pierce Brosnan's in it.
0: Oh, Mamma Mia?
1: Yeah, you want to watch that or do you want to watch Captain Marvel?
0: I'd probably watch Mamma Mia over Captain Marvel. <laughs> You're I'm,
1: such a liar. No, I'm not because of... I mean,
0: here's the thing. Uh, Mamma Mia is bad in a funny way. Captain Marvel is just bad. I, I didn't enjoy Captain. Marvel. And it, it's not a terrible movie. It's just it's dull. So yeah, I would pick Mommy because I'm picking. But regardless of that, it's just crazy to me that there is a twenty percent difference in your opinion of a movie based on the attractiveness of the leading. Colin, character. come
1: on, you know how shallow I am. I've told you you're this very shallow. But I, I told you I wouldn't watch Lost because that really old, like gross fat guy. And, <laughs> and I have nothing against people that are chubby or fat. I'm I'm chubby, but. That that guy, he just looks really gross. Okay,
0: but now that we've run through your... It goes Keanu Reeves, John Hamm, Benedict Cumberbatch, Leonardo DiCaprio, Ryan Gosling, and Hurley from Lost, the very bottom. <laughs> a step below Ryan Gosling, apparently. Uh, we understand your criteria for movies. So, there we go. Now, forget about rating it out of whatever. We've established that you would actually give this movie, the Keanu Reeves movie, a 5 out of 10. So, are you going to buy the original, rent it, or bin it? Original.
1: I'd still rent it. Uh, it's a it's a nice classic movie. Uh,
0: the Keanu Reeves version, buy it, rent it, or bin it?
1: Oh, sorry. You know, the the original, I would buy it.
0: Okay, good. And that yeah. Keanu, you'd rent? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to buy the original, even though I do think there's some flaws with it. Uh, but I am binning the Keanu one. And I thought, because I only saw this the one time uh, when it first came out, And I had the same opinion then. when you were asking me when we started this movie, you're like, oh, is this a good movie? I'm like, no, not really. I'm like, it it starts good, but the last act kills it. And we were two-thirds of the way through this movie. I'd say more like halfway before it started getting really problematic. And I was questioning. You're like, I don't see what the problem this movie is. I'm like, wait until you see the last act, and then you'll kind of get it. And then wait until you see the original, and you'll really get it. I was going off my opinion from 13 years ago.
1: You were right, though.
0: I was completely right. But uh, I started to question myself because halfway through the, the Keanu Reeves movie, I'm like, you know what? This is pretty good. Does the last act fall apart that much? And then I watch it and I'm like, it totally does. It is a bad movie. So I am binning the Keanu version. Get
1: out of my house.
0: <laughs> I am buying the original though, so we're in agreement on one thing. Thank you, Jamie. Great discussion here. This is actually a very interesting idea. We got another one of these planned for next week before we hopefully get into... The uh, the the good horror sequel month. Uh, do you want to give the tease? Because you came up with the idea for this mini-series. And I think you came up with the idea for this other movie that we were going to cover too. The other original slash remake. So what are we doing next?
1: Uh, Weren't we talking about doing The Parent Trap?
0: Yeah. So we're going to do the original 1961 version of The Parent Trap. And then the, I think 1998 Lindsay Lohan version.
1: Yeah. And I mean they're both good. I've seen both of them.
0: And here you come in more as the expert than I will, because uh, I mean, I grew up watching the original one. Uh, that, that's one of those movies I'll talk about a little bit next week, but that was one of those movies that like, you know what, we're doing this now, but when your parents show you a movie saying, oh, I loved this movie as a kid, and half the time you're like, wow, that movie sucks balls. Uh, this was one where my mom was like, I loved this movie as a kid, and we watched it and we were obsessed with it, the original. But I never got around to seeing the remake, and I, I can't tell you why. I always heard it was really good, but I have no clue if I'm going to like that one or not.
1: And, you know, just to add on one other little snippet thing there, um, you know what The Parent Trap actually kind of reminds me of a little bit? Mm. Do you ever watch that movie? I I watched it so many times growing up because I love it so much. It Takes Two with the Olsen twins. No. it's It kind of reminds me of that, too.
0: Yeah, I, I'm familiar with the movie. I think, yeah, I
1: think maybe you should watch that one too before the nah, Parent Trap.
0: That's okay. I'll skip the Olsen Twins.
1: It's it's really good.
0: Oh, I'm sure it is. Uh, so we'll be back with that next week. The Parent Trap, uh, then and now, as you're calling it, uh, original and remake. And after that, we're hoping to get it. Now, 24 is actually started. So this past, we've been doing interviews with cast members from 24. It's the 20th anniversary of 24. All these interviews with cast members we've had over the last couple weeks. Uh, we've now started the series episode one recap ben and i did on monday you can listen to that now and every single monday following that we're going to have a new episode dropping as we go through the entire series of 24 and the parent trap next week Uh, jamie thank you so much for joining us and you're welcome for the idea you're welcome everybody from jamie my name is colin and i want to lick brie larson's face
1: (laughs) and my name is jamie and if you die i'm marrying keanu
0: (laughs) Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider.